are the top 10 reasons why God will never get tenure at any university. One, God only published one book. That's funny. (laughs) The one book was in Hebrew. That's funny too, guys. It's okay to laugh at that. Three, the book had absolutely no references. So four, he did not publish it in any reference journals. Five, some doubt that God even wrote it by himself. Six, God is not known for cooperative work in writing. Seven, sure, God created the world, but what's God done lately? Thank you. God rarely comes to class. He just tells the students to read the book. It's rumored that sometimes God even lets his son teach the class. (laughs) Get it? (laughs) The last but not least, God's office hours were infrequent and usually held on a mountaintop. (laughs) That's my favorite. Here at Chapel Roswell, we tend to pave our own way. We pay attention to what churches have done. We pay attention to what churches should do. And then we make decisions. So sometimes we have random directions as part of worship. And sometimes we have liturgy as a part of worship. And sometimes we have baptism responses. And sometimes we have top 10 lists that may or may not be funny. In other words, at Chapel Roswell, we are a modern expression of a historic faith. And all we do, all that we do, is based in Scripture and we pay attention to our tradition, and we think through our experiences, and we use our reason, and we make intentional decisions here at Chapel Roswell. One of the decisions we've made is to honor the tradition of third grade Bibles. It is important to us to remain making sure that gift of scripture is given especially to children. And so at this time, I invite third graders to come and on their own independently just make a nice little semicircle around. Now, while our third graders come, I'm going to remind you, I know that there is an RSVP. If you RSVP'd, yes, and you are here, that is fantastic. Come up. If you RSVP'd, no, but you are still here, I still want you to come. And if you have no idea the email about the RSVP or you ignored it and you are here, that is great too. You can come up. Okay, look at this great group. Okay, third graders, here we go. Are we ready? I share with you the word of God. So in the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so you can experience and know God is with you. Put your hands out. There we go. I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it, so that you may experience and know God is with you. You ready? 
I share with you the word of God. So in the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so you can experience and know God is with you. I share with you the word of God. So in the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so that you can experience and know God is with you. I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so that you can experience and know God is with you. I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so you can experience and know God is with you. I share with you the word of God. In the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so that you can experience and know God is with you. And I share with you the word of God. So in the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so that you can experience and know God is with you. You ready? I share with you the word of God. So in the good times and in the bad times, read it and use it so that you can experience and know God is with you. Okay. All right, third graders. Well, today is all about you. So if you are willing, do you want to sit with me? Yeah? If you're comfortable, come on, it'll be fun. I promise. We'll just try it. And if I bore you, or you're just ready to go back to your pew, you can, okay? But let's try to hang out together, all right? Okay, let's pretend like no one's watching. Let's have a seat. Because today, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to teach you all about your Bible. So let's open this up. Let's open it up. Let's go to... We're going to skip these cute pages with all the colors. Who wants that in a Bible? Keep going. Keep going. We're going to go all the way to the page. You're on it right there. Look, Catherine, you've got it. Genesis. You got it? Start right here. And what we're going to do, this is going to be so fun. I am going to start at this very first page, very first word, and I'm going to read it to you all the way from start to finish, okay? And nothing you say will stop me. So get comfortable. We're going to be here for a while. Are you ready? I'm not going to stop. Here we go. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. Are y'all really going to let me do this? Yeah? Guys, you shouldn't. Guess what? You should not start to read this Bible from this very first word to the very end. Do you know why? You might fall asleep. 
It's true. That would be a very long time to sit. So I want you first and foremost to hear me say, set yourself up for success. Don't make too big of a goal when you start to read this thing. I want you to pick a chapter or pick a story or pick a book and that's what you read, okay? Don't skip over the good stuff by trying to read too much at once. You don't want to miss it because there are some good parts in here, okay? So I'm really not going to read it to you from cover to cover, I promise. But I am going to tell <laughs> you're like, whew. I am going to tell you some things about it. Your Bible is divided into two sections. Do you know what they are? You got it. The Old Testament and the New Testament. Are we the only ones that have these books in our religion? No, we are not. There are other people who use this as a part of their religious faith. In the Old Testament, there are books where our Jewish brothers and sisters read as well. There are also parts of this and important people in this that our Muslim brothers and sisters believe in as well. The New Testament is all about stories about who? Jesus. If somebody tells you a story about Jesus, it's going to be in the New Testament, okay? If it's somebody like Abraham or Moses, where are we going to find that, those people? Old Testament. Exactly. So you have an Old Testament and a New Testament. Guess what it's okay to do? Look at the table of contents. It is okay to look at the table of contents and find different books that you want to read, okay? The other thing I want you to know about is your translation. Is every single Bible the same, people? No. How many translations are there? That's right. Exactly one trillion. Is that what you said? I heard. There are a lot of translations, so you need to know what your favorite one is. This has a certain translation, but look, everybody, there are others. Here at Chapel Roswell, we use the translation New Revised Standard Version, the NRSV. I personally like the NSRV, NRSV because it has changes in the manuscript based upon findings in the Dead Sea Scrolls. So that's the one I prefer. So anytime we have scripture on the screens, you're going to know it's the New Revised Standard Version. But you know what you should do? Figure out which one you like. And you know how you do that? You read a verse in your book, in your Bible, in your version, and then you go find other versions, and you look in there to see what they have, okay? When I was in third grade, I got a Bible. See this? In fact, my church, <laughs> my church gave me Bibles a lot. They gave us Bibles all along um, for different reasons and different Sunday school classes. And so this is just one of the ones that I received. And it even has my whole name on it. But you know what else my church used to give to me when I was a kid? They used to give us hymnals when we graduated high school. And so for my church, I have a stack of Bibles they gave me. And then I have hymnals that they gave me too. And we really don't pay attention to scripture and hymnals in our books anymore. I know we have screens, and that's a good thing. It can make it easier, but there's absolutely nothing that beats holding the books in your hand. 
And so if ever there's a time that you see something on the screens and you're interested in it, then I hope you go find your actual Bible that you have in your hand and you look it up. And you look to see what's before it and look to see what's after it. And I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a nerd. I know I am. I like when I look in Bibles and hymnals, I always love to find that sticker in the front that says who got it and the date and where you were. Yours says Chapel Roswell and it has my name and it has a date. Those stickers, you can find those in in Bibles all over churches and you can read about the story of the person who was in memory of that Bible or in honor of that Bible. It's a way for you to kind of get to know it. And so each of you have a sticker and then after worship, we're going to gather in this center, in this little area for a picture for you guys and we'll write your names in your Bibles, okay? But I have to tell you, in all of the Bibles that I have, all mine have stories and it starts with that sticker in the front. I have Bible, this is something actually that one of my dear friends cross-stitched for me. It's my whole cover of the King James Bible. But I have Bibles from my grandmother. I have Bibles from my dad, from my uncle, from my husband's grandmother. And those Bibles tell us stories, I know, because they stuck stuff in their Bible. Do you stick things in your Bible? Yeah, y'all should stick things like notes, get a highlighter, get pencils, write in this as much as you want. Draw pictures if you want, because this is your Bible that's going to begin to tell your faith story, because this Bible is your mark. It has your name, has your date, and now you get to highlight and see what's important. There are people right here in Chapel Roswell. I asked them if they were up here with me, what they would want to tell you about Bibles. So they told me different quotes. You want to hear what they want to tell you? Okay. Here's what the people in the pews, here's what they told me to tell you. What surprises me in the Bible is that people were not heroes. They were just as humans as doing the best they could to navigate their circumstances. So the people in the Bible... They're kind of like us, aren't they? Yeah, we're just trying to do our best. Somebody else said this. I read the Bible because it's what we're supposed to do. And it surprises me how similar we are to the people mentioned in the Bible and how much help we all need to get it right. I can relate to that. Here's another one. God gives me such wisdom that I can carry with me throughout the day. I try to focus on one verse and implement that one verse into my life throughout the week. It helps me remember the important message from God instead of all of the chatter that the world fills me with. I like that. Do you like that? Yeah. One thing to know about the Bible would be to keep reading it. It doesn't always make sense the first time. And ask questions. Find people to talk to about what you're reading. 
That's a good, good advice. What surprises you when you read the Bible? Even though I might have read a verse or a chapter so many times, the Holy Spirit still brings me new revelations and new understanding. So that means no matter how many times you read it, you should read it again, right? Yeah. Here's a good one. Someone in the pews says this. You have freedom in how you speak. You exaggerate to make a point. You make jokes and puns and, sar- and be sarcastic. You can use a metaphor and stories and different styles to get your message across. So allow the speakers and the writers in the Bible to be as freely people and as free to express themselves as you are. None of them sat down at a desk just to write the Bible. It's pretty good advice. So you can just listen to it and read it as you would a friend maybe and hear kind of the voice and inflection. And this is pretty funny. If I could see anything in scripture, I would want to see the donkey speak. Did you know there's a donkey in scripture that talks? There really is. You should find it. It's funny. I'd like to be one of the people passing out the loaves of bread and fish and watching it multiply into more than enough. I'd like to see that too, wouldn't you? Would you like to be there and eat the bread and the fish that they pass around? I think that'd be kind of fun too. Because here's the deal. It's your turn to start to read the stories and start to figure out what do you want to see and what do you want to read more and what would you tell your friends about it. You get to leave your mark of your faith. And each of you have a bookmark in your Bibles. Do you see them? Don't pull it out. Oh, that's fine if you did. No big deal. I want you to turn to that page. We'll do it together on the screen, so don't worry. It's Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. And whenever, just to let you know, whenever I say the first book, Luke, that's the book of the Bible. Luke is in the New Testament. 15 is the chapter. So the chapters are marked really big. Do you see the numbers? Do you see the numbers that are really big, 15? And then the next verse is after the colon. It's Luke 15, colon, 1-10. 10, those are the verses. So I'm going to start at verse 1, and I'm going to end at verse 10, okay? So you can follow along with me. You ready? Okay, here we go. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that's lost until it's found? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having 10 silver coins, If she loses one of them, does not light a lamp or sweep the house 
or search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over the one sinner who repents. Now, have any of you ever heard this story before? Maybe, maybe not. The more you come to church, the more you go to Sunday school, the more you just read at home, the more familiar you're going to be with these stories. Which, now I have some fun facts for you now that you've read scripture. Fact number one. Training is not needed. Did you know this? Training is not needed to read the Bible. How many of you think you have to be trained to read the Bible? Nope. No education is necessary. So what do you think that this story means? Anybody? Anybody have any ideas of what this story may mean? No ideas. You don't have to have a theological education to begin to interpret scripture. You can read it and see how you feel about it. It's truth. Fact number two, guess what? It's okay to disagree. I might tell you this passage is about how you should keep your house clean. (laughs) And somebody else might say, no, this passage is about saving money. Guess what? It's okay to disagree. We both can share our opinions. We can give our reasons why we think that. And we can be respectful. And we can say it in a healthy way, right? And we can just disagree. That's okay. Because scripture ultimately is not a weapon to be used. It's an instrument to be practiced and read and learned from, okay? Okay, fact number three. Do you know what fact number three might be? People misquote the scripture all the time. My husband has this t-shirt, and I really kind of don't like it, but don't tell him. He thinks it's cute. And it's this t-shirt, and on the t-shirt, there's a big picture of Jesus' face. And on the bottom, it says, I didn't say that. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know that over 95% of the time when somebody says, well, Scripture says, well, Jesus said, do you know they don't quite get it right? It's true. So I want you all to be the ones that look it up and go, hmm, let's see what it really says. Because most of the time, if you look something up that someone said, there will be a discrepancy. So when your Sunday school teacher says, oh, Jonah was eaten by a whale, what are you going to say? Excuse me, actually, it was just a big fish. (laughs) It's true. You can be the one that knows what it says. If somebody says, well, Scripture says... Money is the root of all evil. You can say, well, actually it says the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah, you can be the one that knows what it says. So if anybody at any time, and this is for everyone, tells you what the scripture says, I want you to look it up. 
And if you don't know how to look it up, Google it. Google what is told, get your scripture, and then go to your Bible and read the scripture. And then you will know what it really says, right? Okay, fact number four. Preachers like to be asked questions. <laughs> That's true. That's why we're here. And you have a lot of preachers in front of you. We all like for you to ask us questions. And so if you were to ask me a question about this particular scripture we read, what do you think I would tell you? I would tell you a few facts about Luke. I'd tell you, remember, Luke is a scientist. Remember, Luke likes stories. I would tell you, Luke always is going to use a female in a story. That's just kind of how Luke does. I would tell you that Luke and Mark and Matthew, those gospels, they can all be read somewhat together. A lot of the stories are repeated. And so if it's repeated in Luke and in Matthew and in Mark, if the same story is there more than once, that we should pay attention to it. And this is one of those stories. I would also tell you that this scripture is divided into pieces. It's an introduction with two different stories, two different parables. Do you think parables are historically accurate? No, they are not. Because parables are made up. Jesus made up stories to help teach a lesson. Which comes to fact number five, which is all subjects are represented. Who likes history? Anybody like history? If you like history, you should read Chronicles. Because a man we call the Chronicler, he captured the history of that time period. Who likes law? If you like law and you want to read about the law, it's in the Old Testament too. Some of our modern day laws like bankruptcy laws and the law of lexicon, it's all based of scripture. So if you want to learn about law and the lawyer maybe, some of our laws are actually in scripture. Who likes poetry? Poetry is in here. Music is in here. It's beautiful. And so we've got stories and we have all kinds of things that are just all made up. So if you think about your math, and your history, and your English, and music, if you like any of those subjects in school, you have them all right here in front of you. And now the last fact. You have to pick a favorite, because everybody has a favorite scripture verse. And a lot of you, if you were baptized here, you have a Bible verse that your parents selected for you. They call it your life verse. So look it up. And maybe that's your favorite, or maybe it's not your favorite, but you get to pick your own favorite scripture. And when you do, you have to keep it in your heart and kind of use that as a guiding, a guiding story for you or a guiding verse for you, okay? And no matter what, you never do harm. So you use the scripture not to boast your own authority, but to boast the authority of God, Right? Right. Now, if you were to ask me a whole lot of questions about the scripture I told you, this is what ultimately I would tell you. I would tell you that God used 
two different parables, one using a masculine image of a shepherd and one using a feminine image of a woman. God used a man and a woman to share the same message equally, that we all have value and that God will use us in all of our roles and all of our settings and all of our work and all of our home equally to make sure that God is the one that pulls us out of the dark. So there is nothing you can do that God will not come and pull you out of. God will pull you out of corners and dark places to make sure that you know that you are a person of value equal to everyone next to you, okay? And that's what I want you to remember about that Luke passage, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, that everyone is of the same value of God and that God will not rest until all people are treated equally of the same love and same value of each other, okay? All right, nicely done today. Thank you very much. I cannot wait for you to tell me what your favorite verse is next week, okay? All right, let's have a prayer together. Gracious and holy Lord, open us up today to receive a message and a word from you. Put our minds on you and help us to receive an inspiration. We celebrate the freedom that you've given us in choosing how we read Bible and when we read our Bible and how we respond to it, but help us to make good responses. And may we open up to you all of the places in our lives that we think are hidden from someone else. And we ask you to be a part of those places and cleanse those places and begin to give your presence in them in a new way. And Lord, this weekend, we think of the anniversary that changed the lives of so many. And it changed the national landscape that we know. Be with the many children who are now adults still impacted by the events of 9-11. Be with those that have survived. And may they not have too much anxiety today. Be in all parts of trauma and mental health, Lord. May things not grip onto people so tightly, but may you help begin to loosen some of that past. And God, you alone are the one who knows all of our needs. And so help us to have comfort in all of them. And we also ask that we remember the impact of water, the damage when there's too much water and the damage when it's not clean. So may we be parts of the agents of helping take a little bit of water away but also make sure all have good drinking water in this country and in the world. And may our words this week be helpful and may they all be clearly reflective of our relationship with you. And just as you have shown so much compassion to us, Lord, may we share compassion with all that we meet. Amen. Okay, guys, thank you. You can go back now. Nicely done. I'd also remind everyone that 
One way to respond, in addition to third grade Bibles, is by giving to Roswell United Methodist through Chapel Roswell. And the ways to do that are found on your screen. And so now I invite everybody to stand and join our Chapel Roswell band. <laughs> 